0: What's good, Trifling Ones family? This is Pastor G, and man, it's been three months since I dropped an episode, and a lot has happened since last November. You know, I took a break from social media, and during that time, we crossed the 5,000 download mark, and so thank you, thank you, thank you for your support and for listening, for sharing, and for liking, and all that other good stuff, so thank you so much, for that. However, just recently found out a, that a mentor of mine, Larry Grant Coleman, passed away. You know, we talked on the day after Christmas and he'd called cuz he was visiting a mutual friend that we have in the ATL. And we had an opportunity to just kind of catch up and to talk. He sounded great. Uh, But one of the things that I recognized as I I thought about his passing is that Brother Coleman was always there to challenge me. And he always was pushing me to use my gifts, even when it was uncomfortable for me. In fact, he's the reason that I'm a published storyteller because he just called one day and he said, hey, Cyril, I'm, I'm doing a book of short stories. Send me a story. And I wasn't even really feeling it, but I complied and and I became a published storyteller. And so as I thought about him and I thought about the role that he played in my life, then I really realized the importance that mentors play in each and every one of our lives. Somebody influences us. And so 2 Kings has a perfect example of what it looks like to have somebody in our lives who's guiding us. And so stay tuned and we're going to talk about Everybody Needs Somebody. (laughs) Coming up next on the tripod. we're going to read from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. And it says, As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. And so there are three things that we're going to take a look at as we talk about everybody needs somebody. And the first of those is that we must be practical in sharing our walk. We must be practical in sharing our walk. And so what we're witnessing here, it's the end of a journey between two men. We have the prophet Elijah with a J and his mentee, Elisha with an S-H and We're told that they were walking along and while they're walking along, a chariot comes from heaven and takes Elijah, the prophet, away from his mentee, Elisha. Now, if we read the verse again, verse 11, it says, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And so earlier on in first Kings chapter 19, I believe it is, we find out that the prophet Elijah is told by God, I need you to go find Elisha. And I need you to anoint him as your successor, the person that's going to take over for you, the person that's going to serve me when you leave this place. And Elijah does just that. And so he anoints Elisha and they're spending time together. And now we get to this place where they've hung out. Elisha's gone through his training and their time together is about to end. And so it says that the prophet Elijah and Elisha were walking along and they're talking and they're experiencing life together and they're they're getting to know each other even better. And they're sharing their, their vulnerabilities and we see that it wasn't just as casual. Yeah, we'll get together like every six to nine months. It wasn't like that. Elijah was practical as it relates to how he handled Elisha. You know, oftentimes, you know, we've got to be practical when we deal with other people. They've got to be able to see. The human side of us, the humanity with us. And so, you know, it's not helpful if if people can't relate to us. If people aren't able to see that humanity, then they think that we're this person who they can never become like. They're never able to be able to see the steps that it takes to get from maybe where they are to where they might want to be. You know, and so they need somebody who's going to be able to give them, you know, certain types of knowledge because of the experiences that we've had. And somebody who's able to show what it's like to have patience when somebody has tried are absolute last nerve and they need somebody who's going to be able to give them guidance as it relates to you know how to handle office politics so how they how they how do you even handle somebody who's always got their name in their mouth you know when you deal with those kinds of situations sometimes they need somebody to be able to walk through those things or even to be able to watch somebody handle those things they've got to be able to see how we mourn when we're dealing with a loss or a difficult situation, they've got to be able to relate and see from a practical standpoint how we navigate life, how to be an authentic human being. Everybody needs somebody. So Elijah showed Elisha through his actions and through the time that he spent with him, how he was using his God-given talents, his God-given gifts to make a difference in this world, and the entire time, Elisha is just taking it in. Man, he's he's learning, he's growing, he's developing, he's admiring. I think it's important to point something out, though, that Elijah didn't just select Elisha. He didn't just say, "You know what? I've been I've been checking this young man out, and and I think that there's something I could put in him." That could happen, but that's not what happened with Elijah. Elijah was sent by God. God said. I need you to go holler at this dude. I need you to let him know that I got something for him to do. Why is this important? It's important because when we're thinking about mentoring somebody and opening ourselves up to somebody, we've got to make sure that we're doing it based on what God's telling us. You know, I want you to pause right now and ask God, you know, Who am I supposed to mentor? Who can I help? Whose life should I be touching right now? You know, it doesn't have to be through big brothers, big sisters. There's nothing wrong with that. And I was a big brother at one point in time. But there are just times when you just come across somebody and you recognize, yeah, they can they can use some of what I got. You know, there may be somebody who You know, is in your dorm or somebody who's in your class who who's trying to find their way and you've already been through that and so you're able to show them the ropes maybe somebody who's on your team somebody again who's in the workplace who who needs some assistance who's trying to figure out how to handle the boss and they don't know how to do that yet but you've worked with this person for 20 years and so you can give them some pointers You know, everybody doesn't deserve our time and everybody doesn't deserve to be in our space. Everybody isn't to be trusted. We can't be vulnerable with everybody. Everybody shouldn't be let into our home. But if God makes it clear that we need to move in somebody's life, well, then that's what we should be doing. And so, as I mentioned, we must be practical in sharing our walk. But then our second point is we must be prepared for the sudden whirlwind. We must be prepared for the sudden whirlwind. Verse 11 says, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. So now it's important to note that. Both Elijah and Elisha knew that Elijah's time on this earth was short. Why is that? Because Elijah had already told Elisha that. And there were even a company of prophets who said to Elisha, yo, you know, your boy's going to be leaving soon, right? And Elisha was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know know he's not going to be around for much longer. So they both knew that Elijah would be leaving soon. They knew it was coming. They knew that Elijah wouldn't be around much longer. But they didn't know the exact moment. And so they worked towards knowing that Elijah is not going to always be there. There was a reason why he was selected to succeed Elijah. It says, however, suddenly Elijah was gone in a whirlwind. We must be prepared for the sudden whirlwind. We know that we're not going to be here forever. We know that we're not going to be able to always do What it is that we do. What are we depositing in somebody else? You know, for Elijah and Elisha, it was time to move on. It was succession time. And it was sudden. But the mentor and mentee, they were prepared to keep the work going. So there's a skill that you possess right now that needs to be passed on. There's history that you're aware of that needs to be passed on because if it's not It will die with you. There's a God that has to be served, and only you can share what God has placed in you. Nobody else can share specifically what God has placed in you. And now we come to our third point. We must be persuasive in shifting one's wants. We must be persuasive in shifting one's wants. Verse 12 says, Elisha saw this, meaning Elijah being taken away and cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. It says, then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. So when Elijah met Elisha, we're told in first Kings chapter 19 that Elisha was was plowing his daddy's land. He was working the land. He had oxen and, and he was he was working hard and he was, he was getting the soil ready. And when Elijah came, Elisha uh, killed the oxen and he burned the plow that he was using as a sign to show that he was ready to move on. He was ready to take on some new things. That's what he was doing. He was working on the land and the earth when Elijah met him but when he when Elijah left him he was preparing a heavenly harvest at that point in time Elisha's uh, focus in life was shifting to something much greater than he could have ever imagined so the question becomes whose life are you going to be persuasive and shifting Elijah took him from the crib took him from home and he expanded his exposure and his experiences He encouraged him to use his God-given gifts and his talents for the world. You see, Elisha might have had an impact on his family and on his family's land. And Elisha might have made a difference to the neighbors. But Elijah shifted Elisha's focus and his wants to a much larger level, a level that we're reading about thousands of years later. Before Elijah left Elisha, he said, what do you want before I leave? And Elisha said, I want a double portion of what you got. And what's funny is that Elijah had seven, if I remember correctly, seven major miracles that he performed. And Elisha had 14. That's what this thing is about. When we deposit in folks, what they do is they end up doing amazing things. They take what we've got and they add on to it. Who are we going to persuade to shift their wants from the things that are self-centered, from the things that deal with them and their families and the ones that they love, to being shifted to helping the world, to doubling what they learned. You know, the person that we, we mentor, they might not have it all together and that's good. That's what we're there for. They might be quick to cuss somebody out. It's all right. We need to be able to pull them to the side and be like, look, yeah, you can't do that. They might be a little rough around the edges. They might even have a funky attitude, but they need somebody that'll pull them to the side and be like, listen, now you know that you can't do that. Here's the thing. In spite of all of that, God created them. And they need you. They need us to persuade them that there's more to life. Elisha said, Father, Father. And this wasn't literal, but it meant that Elijah had molded and guided Elisha to a place where his focus was completely different. Somebody needs to be molded and guided by you. We must be practical in sharing our walk. We must be prepared for the sudden whirlwind. And we must be persuasive in shifting one's wants because everybody needs somebody. Heavenly Father, we come before you now to say thank you for all that you've done. We pray that you would show us who you want us to touch, who you want us to love on, who you want us to guide, who you want us to help to become better and greater in you. If we're going to do that, Lord, we recognize that we've got to be better and greater in you. So help us to be all that you desire for us to be. Help us to be the best that we can be. We're sorry, as always, for the things that we've done and how trifling we've been. Forgive us now. Wipe us clean. Send us back out to find that person, those people Those individuals that need somebody. All these things we ask in your son, Jesus Christ's name. And all of the trifling ones said. Amen.